This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening, speaking about all things lawn care, garden-related, and business-wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business. Sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our very first episode of 2023. This is the J-Rocks Lawn Care Gardening Podcast and we are on episode 75 titled Panel Talk with Mike Day and Dave Warner. How to start the season right. So the the main thing with this, I talked about it quite a bit last year, here and there, about doing panel conversations with more than one guest. So what we're hoping to do in this scenario is there's three of us, you know, all different ranges of experience doing slightly different things to a degree and we can just talk about certain subjects about how we can start in the 2023 season with basically a jump in our step and hopefully just hit some of these conversations and, you know, give our own experiences and our own thoughts about them. So welcoming both our guests tonight is going to be Dave Warner and Mike Day. Thank you very much to you both for joining us this evening. No problem. Mer- um, I was going to say Merry Christmas, but Happy New Year. Absolutely. Happy New Year to you as well. How are you doing? All good, all good. Just um, what's the date today? Is, is it the fourth Wednesday, the fourth today? Yeah. Um. So yeah, office day yesterday, and then straight back into um, trying to get some of the work done that I couldn't do due to the bad weather uh, just before Christmas. There. All so, right. Uh, yeah, uh, the rest of the week we'll just be catching up from a uh, work that wasn't able to be completed. Nice, nice. And what about you, Mike? Are you doing all right? Yeah, we're doing all right. Happy New Year. Hope everyone had a good Christmas. Uh, pretty much the same as Dave. Um, we've we was probably around about five or six days behind because of the the really bad weather we had before Christmas and sort of going going through Christmas to New Year. So we're just sort of catching up on it, and we'll probably be back on track as of Monday. Nice. So we're we're heading heading in the right direction for for 2023. Absolutely. So some of these podcasts, like I slightly mentioned there just before, was that the whole point of these is that the three of us can come together and discuss these subjects, you know, with more than just two minds. You know, we can dive into these subjects a bit more. And the first one that I actually want to touch on to start this podcast off is how do you plan and be ready for the winter season? Now, I say this in regards that I'm very aware that we're right in the middle of it. You know, we've got maybe three months left of the brunt of the winter um but how do you prepare like to this point where we are now what do you guys think that you can do to put yourself in the best possible place when it comes to the winter season in our industry um do you want to go first dave yeah you i you... I, okay okay so so um there's a couple of things i would do um and one of them is obviously my job is lawn care and mowing so kind of two separate things i do other stuff as well and the week is split up so start of the week is lawn care the the middle to end is mowing so um you know a couple of the issues of uh working in the winter is less light so less sort of working hours so for me it's actually it all starts in the springtime and it's very easy when the phone's ringing to uh for to get really carried away and sign loads of people up or, you know, as, as the, the phone's going mad, but actually you have, for me, I have to stop myself because of course, as soon as the season, the spring season work is done, then we move on to the summer. 
Yeah. And we move on to the autumn and then we move on to the winter. So it's okay, you know, piling on all this work, thinking this is brilliant, this is brilliant. But at some point, that very first spring job, I've got to go back to to do summer. So if I've booked everything out, you know, with spring, then I'm not going to have any room for the summer. So I have to really sort of cap how many clients I can have. And then how this is relevant is that once we get to kind of early November, what I try to do is get all my lawn care, autumn lawn care stuff done by, the, say, the first or second week of November. So that once we get into the real sort of winter period, um, the lack of light and the shorter days isn't so much of an issue. So my mowing clients, that full day, I would never get done during the winter. So yeah. actually, by not having to worry about doing the lawn care, I can then spread that over the week. So that means that what in the summer could be a, a, a nine or 10 hour day, I can now spread over the week and turn them into more six, seven hour days. Um, so that's, that's one thing I do. Um, and then as we're sort of into the sort of September time, I just walk around the garden with my eyes open and I see a job and I think I could do that. And then I make the client aware of, you know, that job could be done. Um, yep. I can do it in the winter if you want me to. Um, one thing I also do uh, just very quickly is when I have a new client. So I advertise um, mowing, lawn care, turfing and autumn cleanups. They're my main four things um, and they're on the website. And that's what I really sort of push. What I then have is a, a leaflet that I give to new clients, basically just welcoming them, welcoming them. Um, and just to let them know, you know, that we are first and foremost a lawn care company. Um, but there are some other services that, uh, we can do, uh, along the lines of, you know, weed and moss control on pathways, hedging, a little bit of tree work, pressure washing, fence work, and all this kind of stuff, just so they know that I can do other stuff. And if they do approach me about it, then what I would say is, yes, I can do that, but. Um, I would need to do that in the winter time when the grass is slowing down and the lawn care work is all done. If they're happy for the to wait, then um, then then they'll wait. If they need it done urgently, uh, they'll get it done. But more often than not, they're happy to wait to let somebody they know who's already on their property do the work. And that's uh, that's basically how I I fill up those winter months. So um, bit, your way with it basically is by. It, it yours literally starts at the beginning, eh? Yours is from the planning stage, from when you first take on that client. You're already yes. looking into how can this one client at spring also be a client at winter, and what can I do to prepare that customer, you know, to be aware yes. that I can do these when it comes to that time. Yeah, absolutely. So from from the very start, I I like to do my turfing work during the winter. Um, it's one because obviously I'm busy during the summer, but secondly. By doing it in the winter, there's less pressure on the client. If you can yeah. imagine doing a turfing job this summer just gone by, the stress levels from you know, the client and from my point of view of making sure the client is watering the lawn. When I do it during the winter, I can just lay the lawn down. And actually, if it rains that night, perfect. And, and you don't have to worry about watering or any, any stress like that. That's, that works well for the client. It keeps the client's water bill down. So they're happy. And once you've sort of told them the perks of doing it during the winter, actually, they're more inclined to uh, to wait and uh, get it done um, during those months. Yeah. And, and is that similar towards you then, Mike? Do you find that 
you have a sort of similar path with that with that or being more you know god and maintenance as a whole do you find that you have a slightly different approach um yes yeah, very similar um i always try and get you know my my weekly well my weekly clients sort of some of them drop it into fortnightly over the winter period i sort of try and get them back on their weekly routine in the in the back end of february if i possibly can so it sort of cuts out having a, a whole february you know of not much going on if you can sort of cut out half of that month it sort of makes the winter months shorter yeah uh, if that makes sense um i mean we we're normally pretty lucky with well i say we're normally pretty lucky we had a six inches of snow a couple of weeks ago as everyone i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure knows but we're normally pretty lucky on the tail end of february um and we can sort of you know sort of get get cracking again with the with the regular work that we've got um i try and not back off in the in the in the spring summer and autumn but like dave said we sort of if there's a job that we think that that can sort of hold off and and wait till the end of the year or the beginning of the next year, you know, like a, a big hedge job, or we've got a lot of planting to do at the moment. We've taken a lot of planting jobs. I mean, it might not seem like the right time to do it, but I think Dave said that he does turfing in the winter as well. I always like to, if you can chuck a plant in at the deep end, you know, probably similar to turf. And if, 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 a, if a plant survives in the winter, then you're probably going to have a, a really healthy plant for the rest of the year so we've we've taken a lot of planting jobs um but if we're sort of walking around a garden and we can see a job that we think we could possibly wait um and just sort of liaise with the customer and say look if if it's a, a complete necessity then we will do it but you know it we can sort of delegate our time on on more important spring summer and autumn work obviously with the leaves um and then we can sort of wait until the winter months and and and, and do that kind of work yeah. But with with us, it's because obviously you've got less working hours and less light. Um, it's it's helped with us putting out another van. If you can imagine that we've got a hundred percent of work, um, we had two vans out, which obviously one van was doing fifty percent and the other van was doing fifty percent of work. Now we've got three. It's sort of gone thirty thirty three percent across all three vans, so we're starting at the same time, but we're also finishing a little bit earlier. So the light doesn't really interfere with what, you know, what we're doing day to day. And obviously we can take on more work um, in the spring and summer months. But at the moment, we're just doing a little bit of tool maintenance. Um, we've got a fair amount of gear. So we're just trying to get them in work in order for the for the busy time ahead. As I mentioned, we've got some planting jobs. Suppliers always seem to drop their prices in winter. So yeah. that's another factor, you know, to to when you tell your clients, look, I'd rather save this till the winter months. And if they start sort of asking you questions, you can, well, I can conf- confidently say that the prices in, in winter are probably around 20, 25% cheaper than what they would be in, in the more busier months, really. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, the, the, a lot of them's either like died back perennials that don't look pretty. So the, the demarket it, or, I mean, even like I was talking to you, I think it was a couple of weeks ago there, Mike, about it. And like mm. the bulbs that I got were very early on bulbs. Now it's not great, you know, this time of year really when you are putting bulbs in, but you do see a lot more of them deals to put out. Um, I do think with this sort of side of things, when you are looking into planning on how you're going to get through the winter financially or 
you know, what jobs are going to be you're going to be taking on. This is sort of a really key key phase in what we're talking about here because I think it shows that regardless kind of what side you're doing, whether it's a lawn care, whether it's general maintenance, site maintenance, you know, a lot of it starts prior. And what you've both mentioned there is like talking to your customers. It kind of wraps back to you can have so many things in place, but if you're not communicating efficiently or if you're not an efficient communicator working both way around both ways around that, then you can really probably struggle, you know, to, to get them services out. Mm-hmm. How important do you think it is, you know, especially leading up, leading up to the winter season, but like overall for the business to communicate with your clients and to what level, you know, does that play a part in the business's success, so to say? I'd say it's massive. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I would I would say that you still have some clients who are stuck in the, you know, a lawn guy, someone mowing the grass. You know, traditionally, it was sort of like from the 1st of April to the 31st of October. And yeah. that would be it. You wouldn't see them again. Now, that's different. Grass is still growing. You know, it's apart from that cold week, we've not really had that cold weather. And, the, you know, the grass is still growing and you could justify a cut. So I still have some clients who almost in just making conversation will say, oh, so, uh, you know, probably one or two cuts left, is it? And that's sort of in mid-October. And you're yeah. sort of like, well, no, no, you know, you could, no, the grass is still growing, you know. And then I'll say, you know, you think about last year, we, did, we didn't have any frosts or, or whatever the, you know, the story may be. I said, but then obviously, and it's just reminding them, you know, but obviously then all the leaves are coming down and all that hard work that we've done in the summer with the scarifying and the fertilizing and this, that and the other. It's we don't want to let it go to pot now and just finish in the middle of October and then let the leaves just sit on the lawn for the winter through to my next visit, which in the old days would have been first of um, uh, April. Yeah. So, of course, you, th- you think by the time you've lifted that up, there's, there's no grass underneath. So it's sometimes those conversations can start quite early. And it's just a, a, a gentle reminder that actually we're going to be working all the way through, which is which is what I do every year. But sometimes clients kind of forget that. Um, yeah. So it's it's just a sort of a gentle reminder that that's that's what we do and that's what we've always done. Um, and then, you know, as a sort of Mike says, you, you know, you're just looking around and finding if there's some extra jobs out there that that could be done um, during the sort of the, the 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 quieter period. Although nowadays, lawn care is is a full sort of 12 month um industry if you like uh so for me i would always kind of start first week of no of um february i would be sending all my emails out and i'd be getting out to do the winter iron treatments uh so you know treating the the, the lawns for moss etc um if they are a mowing client as well i will always go in and mow the lawn first just mainly to pick up the last bits of debris before i put obviously you don't want to be just chucking iron down on top of leaves etc and of course you know, yeah, you can kind of blow them off a little bit, but within reason, that becomes a, a leaf clearance job. So mm-hmm. for all, so for February, all my mowing clients are getting mown, and there all of my clients across the board are all having, um, apart from a couple who are just purely hack the grass down jobs, um, they're all getting the the iron treatment as well. So actually, when you think you want a couple of days for machinery maintenance, you want a couple of days maybe to just sort of look through your books, make changes to your website and stuff like that. There's not that much downtime to be doing these sort of projects. Um, yeah. So it's pretty busy the whole way through, to be to be honest. 
I think you're completely right there, and it's it's underrated the stuff at home. Like you say, by a couple of days going through your books and a couple of days doing maintenance, like that's basically been what my last week's been. And you know, I'm I was saying this to Mike earlier. I haven't done a really solid patch of maintenance on quite a lot of my tools because they're still so fresh. Let's call yeah. it. Um, haven't been through the works for five, six years or whatnot. Um, they weren't. You know, a lot of them is only two year old. So. When it's came when I went, oh, this week I'll get I'll get everything done. You know, I'll go through my books. I'll start rewriting the routes for next year. You know, doing mm. all these things that aren't paid, but the more efficient you are in all this planning and servicing, you know, the better you'll be next year or like it, when the season hits. And, you know, start getting it done. And I'm telling you, this week is just Wednesday already, and I have not got half the amount of stuff done than what I wanted done doing. So I think that's also a great point to sort of raise there as well, is that, you know, being ready for the winter season isn't just what jobs can you put in to be paid. Obviously, that's a massive factor. Everyone needs to be paid to get, you know, keep the house running and whatever else you want to do. But also to be able to factor in the things that you you need to do that you don't usually do for the other, you know, eight months of the year, like keeping on top of your books or doing a deep dive into what are your numbers telling you, you know, all these different yeah. things, having conversations with your accountant, whatever it might be, you know, these things are really quite important. I think what I felt this week with it is being a single owner operator. It, it was just that reminder again of, ah, th- there's that dusty hat, you know, off the shelf. And he, and he mm. put that back on and, you know, start doing my business strategy again, you know, things that I've kind of maybe slipped away from, you know, you kind of, I tend to set it and then, do it and forget about it. Whereas, you know, just remembering these things and picking them up again. So Mm. I think how we get ready for winter isn't just one phase of it. You can look at it almost through every different lens, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I struggle with, particularly when it comes to sort of, let's say the office work is because I don't sit behind a computer, um, you know, very rarely. Uh, obviously I've got my software for invoicing and stuff like that, but all the other stuff that I do, you know, for one week of the year, by this time next year, I would have forgot it. So I almost spend the day (laughs) just sitting at the computer going, now how the hell did that work again? And then you're sort of on YouTube going, you know, how do, you know, for, I don't know, let's just take a a spreadsheet and you can, you can obviously can calculate all the, your numbers at the bottom and run a, run a, a balance and stuff like that. I can never remember how to do that a year yeah. later. So I've always got to go to YouTube and sort of Google it and then go, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then, you know, you add it all in together and just little things like that. But my brain just doesn't, doesn't, you know, I do it once. And then if I don't do it again, I, I forgot it. So then yeah. I'd say a good day is lost to lost memory. <laughs> just trying to relearn. How do you yeah, find that exactly. like with, with three people there? Do you find it like, cause you're sort of the figurehead, eh? You, I know you do a lot of your scheduling, you sort of say what jobs are where and that sort of thing. Do, do you see it hit a bit different when it comes to winter, making sure that everyone's kind of got something to do and, you know, books are up to date? Is that a bit more of a, a process, having, you know, a couple of employees? Um, it is. I mean, I've, I use, like yourself, QuickBooks, which which helps with the sort of the payment side of things and, and the invoices, um, keeping on track of expenses and things like that. Um, but I also was really interested in getting jobber. Yeah. And I know we had quite a few conversations with some different guys at Soltex about jobber. Um, but 
what I need, what I need from the app, I think is the pro version, which is, I think it works out nearly 200 pound a month. And if it's going to make life easier, um, then I'll, I'll happily, you know, take that, take that on the chin and pay it. But I've just got a, I've just got an app called family wall planner. And basically what it is, I think I'm using it way more professionally than what it's meant to be used for. It's, it's basically if all your family download the app, um, and this isn't paid promotion, by the way, from family, <laughs> family from my wall planner. It's if everyone downloads the app and logs into your account, obviously I'm the, I'm the sort of the owner of the account. And if everyone logs into your account and enters your family wall, um, sort of schedule, you can, you can sort of, I've got jobs all lined out. Um, I'm a different color to Sam. Sam's a different color to my dad. So I'm in control of scheduling all the work Monday to Saturday, all throughout the year. Um, and every time I put a job in, it pings up on their phone. Um, I can set a location for the job. Um, for instance, if Sam goes into a job and, and wants to liaise with me and, and, and take a picture of the job and say, oh, uh, so-and-so has asked if we can, you know, rectify or improve this area. You can just take a picture, then it pings up on my phone. Um, it's, I've got live locations, so I can see where everyone is rather than calling them and saying, oh, do you need help? I can just sort of turn up there. But if I want to sort of check in on, on, on customers who were mine, I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm still happy with someone different attending. It's, um, it, it's, it's quite good and it, it's, it's taken a lot of research to try and find something like this and it's completely free. Yeah. Um, and obviously I can't track payments through the app, but you know, I can, I can make a little note by each customer to say, just put a little P in brackets, say paid. Um, you can update many things. So having three, having three different runs at first was a real pain, um, to sort of try and make sure that each one, each, each day and each guy out has got the same amount of work and one person wasn't finishing an hour or two hours earlier than the next person. Um, but this app that I found has completely, completely changed the way that we sort of work and it's quite fun. Yeah, it sounds, you know, I know it sounds a bit <laughs> strange, but I just sort of, I used to be a real last, well, I say last year, 2021, I just used to be on the phone constantly, just making sure that people are paid, making sure that the work for the next three or four days was up to date, making sure that customers were okay to come in at certain times, we've had to change. Um, and now I've sort of tried, tried not to spend too much time on it. Um, and if things like this are out there in the world that can help you do so, then why not? You know, yeah. but going back to customers. Mike, <clears throat> Mike I've got two, two questions for you. Um, yeah. In the mornings, do you, as a, a sort of a group, do you meet up and then sort of, I don't know, load the vans and then go off on your separate ways? Or does your guy yes. have his own tools and he just knows his route and you just check in as and when? So, yeah, so we are currently living in well me and my partner um and little one are currently living in flats so we've only got one parking space um and the, the car park is too small for me to get my van in so i've got my personal car here so all the vans all three vans are all at my parents house mm-hmm. so every morning me sam drive around there um we sort of meet outside have a chat 
um, about the, because obviously I'm the only one that knows, I'm the only person that leads with customers. I'm the only person that knows what needs doing on yeah. what specific job. So I have to sort of relate to, to them and, and tell them. So you can tell is. him in the morning, you, know, you need, today you need this tool and that tool, etc. There we, there we go. I mean, chances are I've already put it on the, on the planner anyway, because, yeah. you know, I've, I've already planned it. I don't want to be messaging customers at seven o'clock in the morning to make sure things are okay that same day it's normally the night before and then i can put it in the planner and then even sometimes i go through the planner when we're standing outside and i sort of see a note that i've made and sort of oh, sam by the way uh deirdre wants this plant cut down or etc you know what i mean mm. so yeah in, in the morning um we all meet up we all sort of get ready um have a little chat because i think you still because we're all working on our own now um we all need that sort of sense of conversation um yeah, sometimes we don't we don't we don't see any customers during the day sometimes so the only person that you talk to <clears throat> is you know each other in the mornings and it's just sort of nice to sort of have a snap back to reality and and have a conversation you know yeah. and refresh your brain before you go out to work um but we've got a we've just undertaken a new lock up as well um so if any tools that we need to for that specific day that we that we might not carry on the van um things like lawn spreaders um yeah probably a bit different different to you Dave because obviously we're we're not always you know we only put four fees down a year um yeah and it's it's scattered around each of us so if we ever need a new tool a, a different tool on the van I'll just put in the plan and say pick up from lock up in the morning um and we can just throw it on the van so mm-hmm. yeah it's, mm. it's 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 at the beginning it was very sort of dawning uh, daunting and you know things weren't getting relayed across each other and Sam would turn up at a job and say oh but you know Janet said that she asked you to do this um, and it was a sort of oh, I'd say okay um, we'll have yeah. to reschedule it yeah. but now obviously going back to this app it's just made things a lot more a lot more controlled and a lot more manageable okay and, and my other question was um, with regarding to sort of maintenance days so what I would always do traditionally was first week would be sort of an office week or a couple of days would be office. And then the next week or a couple of days from that week would be machinery maintenance. But then what it kind of dawned on me is actually if if the weather's because I've got work to do, um, if the weather's good, actually, I should probably just crack on with the weather in in not in good knowledge that, that to be honest, there's going to be some bad, bad weather between now and kind of start of march so uh i'm taking a gamble that there will be that weather and then i'll do my machinery maintenance then um yeah is that do you so you schedule in your machinery maintenance at the start of the year just as that's the way it is or do you sort of kind of just wait and 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 sort of know that there will be some what we found is at the golf course is that actually just as the season was starting we were you know really sort of like hard pushed to crack on and get some 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 stuff done which uh because we didn't have any downtime which we thought we may have had um but is how how do you do that so it it's become slightly again it's become slightly easier for us um being three of us we i'm the sort of the guy that does all the tools um you know i'm, I'm i i i take the lead of all the tools yeah um but I've I just send, thought actually because you're bat- mainly battery as well, probably that's we're mainly, more than half. I, I was, there, isn't it? Yeah, I was getting onto that. It's, it's, Sorry. it's we, no, 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 no. We've we've noticed this year. Um, we've just renovated all of our tools. Um, 
the good thing about it, we got more flexibility. So if we got a tall day, um, we took actually we took three days um, where me and my dad were just looking after our tools. Um, but we still sent Sam out to do a couple of his jobs, a couple of mine and a couple of my dad's jobs just to keep people mm-hmm. happy. Um, so people were still earning money whilst we was at home looking after yeah. our tools. And I know everyone's not in that same position, um, but that's just from our our perspective. Um, if if we didn't, if there wasn't as many of us, then we just take the hit, take a couple of days off work, yeah, um, and just get cracking with the tools. Um, you, if you look after your tools, they look after you. So you know. Well, that's it, isn't it? it? You say you say take a hit, but you'd prefer to take a hit it, it, in, it, it, in January when nothing's happening, as opposed to April when the grass is exactly. around your ankles. Exactly, and we've we had so much petrol equipment um, that we've accumulated over the past couple of years. All we all we really did this year, uh, well, not this year, last year, December, late, late December of 2022. It seems weird saying last year, but it's only last mm, year. Yeah. Um, we all we do with the battery stuff is, if it's a head trimmer, sharpen the blades. If it's a strimmer, put some grease in the head. Um, mower, sharpen the blades. Blower you can't there's no maintenance for it it is literally and i've said this i think in a couple of sam's older podcasts and i think people sort of take it by um take it for granted that there's literally hardly anything to do on battery equipment there's mm. hardly anything to do the only thing you can, that you can do is is the important stuff like sharpening the blades of trimmers and, and mower blades um and we pulled out a load of our petrol equipment from the garage and from the lockup. Um, we had something like eight mowers, combi, long reach, just huge amounts of stuff. And to start them all up again, it was a was a just a c- complete shambles. It's you know you, you'd pull on a full cord, and nothing was happening. Then you'd have to go and get a spark plug, and you got to make sure that you've got the right spark plug to put in it. Um, and this isn't just a, a, a petrol hit it's just we're noticing it so much more now as the years go on that the, the less petrol equipment we use the less time maintenance actually takes us um yeah so we've just completely got rid of all the petrol <clears throat> stuff as of last week um and every maintenance days that we used to have looking after our petrol tools it has just literally turned into a maintenance day yeah because battery stuff is just so much more easier to and you two can probably relate to that. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's absolutely. Just a, it's just a lot I mean, I've, I've got a lot of petrol stuff, like the big blowers, scarifiers, aerators, all that kind of thing, the bigger mowers. Um, and somebody asked me about Aspen, you know, like, why don't you use Aspen? And it was like, I, I, you know, it would cost me thousands and thousands in, in Aspen to, to, to run the mowers um, as much as I do. Yeah. Um, so what I've decided is this winter is to, is to obviously stick with the fuel during the, the season, but to be honest, it doesn't hang around long enough to become an issue. Um, and then during the winter, when I do my servicing, you start the mowers up, start the head, you know, hedge cutters, strimmers, whatever, start it all up is then to use Aspen over that period so that you can just you don't have to worry about draining it out but also it's quite corrosive this new um e10 as well so mm-hmm. um almost like uh what's the word um uh, just sort of like lubricating the inside of the pipes with something a bit nicer um yeah 
I, I remember the first year I, I worked over the winter, I had some, some crappy cheap uh, a strimmer and um, took all the fuel out as you would. And actually the pipes all went brittle. And yeah. I think it's almost worth keeping a little bit of fuel in there just to keep everything lubricated and stopping it from drying out in a way. If that's yep, uh, there's yep. no science yeah. behind that. That's just my theory. Um, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, use the Aspen then. Um, but, but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't justify using it all year round. That would be mental. Yeah. Cost a fortune. I think you it? do. It would cost a fortune. And I think I saw you, um, I mean, a lot of people used to say to me, oh, make sure you, you, you drain all the fuel out. And mm. when, when, when you ultimately think about that, and we've done it in the past, when that sort of occurred to me, I just sort of left the machines running to drain the fuel yes. out. Yeah. Rather than draining them from the actual carburetor. Yeah. Um, and I noticed you drained it from the carburetor, which is the complete right thing to do because in the past we've drained each tool out just by leaving them running. But yeah. The, the the biggest place where dirt builds up is in a petrol tank. Yeah, that's right. It, it always amazes me how um you, how much dirt gets in the fuel tank. If you think particularly with like a Honda, like the Honda engine, for instance, the fuel tank there has a filter on it. And then whenever I pour the fuel into the tank, I will always put it through a funnel, which has a filter on it as well. So it's getting double filtered, but there's still always crap in there. So yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's getting it out completely. So it's not drawn right through um and then causing issues yeah i think that's it and it, the thing is is we are going to see less of it the more we see battery introduced in the more we see it especially when it improves to a, like another level i think it's already stepped up in the last sort of couple of years but once when it when it picks up again let's hope you know it's it might do away with a lot of these big items that we're already using like the scarifiers i don't think it would take too much of a charge to be able to run you know, a decent level scarifier. You, you might still need fuel for, you know, them really bad loans that haven't been mm. touched in, you know, centuries or whatever. But, you know, I, I do think there's the opportunity for them to replace a lot of the tools, you know, pretty soonish if they decide to do so. Yeah. But I mean, I I'm, think... al- I'm always surprised with the, particularly the scarifier, how, how little fuel it uses. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll yeah. fill it, you'll fill it up the tank. I, I never fill the tank up. Um, because there's, you know, there's very rarely a lawn where you would need a tank's full. And, and I'm talking big lawns as well, by the way. Um, uh, and the same with the aerator as well. Um, it, it doesn't use a massive amount of fuel. Obviously, the Billy Goat blower, for instance, is a, is a monster. But, um, you know, that, that is the issue with blowers, isn't it? And I guess that's the issue with backpack blowers as well, is that they are juicy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, battery backpack blowers, battery should we say. Blowers. We, we've got the the a battery uh, scarifier, the Husqvarna one. And although I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I, I'm not a fan of its quality, yeah. I must admit the runtime isn't bad at all on it. Yeah. yeah. I don't so, know, uh, st- I mean... still do a, um, a battery uh, scarifier, but it's not like a normal, it's more like a drill battery, I think it is off the top of my head. So I know, okay. I know that they say it's just for small gardens and stuff, but, um, you know, whether whether you you could use it on on slightly bigger ones i've got no idea on the runtime on that but uh they're, they're out there and yeah. if they're out there it means they're gonna there's gonna be more isn't there, eventually yeah. exactly yeah. yeah well that's it i mean like you're saying there mike about the the battery on the husky being okay that machine's a good few year old now you know they've not really no one's really took it a step further like you say with the still why you'd have a drill battery in it 
is absolutely beyond me. You know what I mean? Even if it is for small loans, why not just make it capable of taking the same platform? Yeah. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? So, so that I do think that that's maybe hopefully they're just spreading, uh, you know, their release times of things and, you know, that's going to be a 2024 drop or whatnot, you know, but yeah. I mm. think all this just sort of shows one thing I've taken from the first subject that we're talking about here about how to plan and be ready for the winter season is there are so many different factors or so many different types of things you can do to be ready. And, you know, we can speak about it all we like, but it's going to be very different, possibly from person to person. So if you sat there at home now listening to this and you think that that's what I'm missing, I must have to do all of that. You know, we've got three different types of companies, you know, speaking on this podcast today, although we do generally some of the same things and we intertwine a lot. There, we are still very three separate companies. You need to find out what works for you, your schedules. You know, for example, with me, how we're talking about these maintenance days and things, a big part of what will be in my full time schedule is I lose the best part of about a day and a half to two days, you know, working hours. Let's just say seven or eight hours a day is a working day. You know, I lose nearly two days a week just on pickups and drop offs of my son, you know, so. What might fit in for someone that's single gym over there that can do seven days a week, you know, 12 hours a day if you really wanted to out in the field, you know, that wouldn't work for me. So, you know, between mm. making sure your machinery is on point, making sure that your the conversations you're having with your clients to set up that winter work is another massive key thing like we touched on. But also just when you're going in through it is being completely prepared in whatever your services are. So having that machinery ready having them uh, conversations in place and just making sure that you've got, I think, to bring all that together, an idea what you're going to do, you know, have a plan, have a goal, and sort of push it forward that way. So that was the sort of first phase. There's two more subjects that I kind of wanted to touch on today. One's going to be the pricing of 2023. What I would, you know, really kind of excited to bring this into a a try-chat conversation i suppose and the next one the third subject being new starts like how we could help maybe the new starter coming into this business and what we could maybe put our heads together and the best advice we could give real time coming out the season that we've just been in looking at how the sort of economy might be doing you know within 2023 what advice we can give so you know if you've made it this far within the podcast please hang around you've got another couple of good subjects to throw your way so the first one being 2023 pricing, you know, this is open to both years, either or whoever wants to answer first, but are there any changes? You know, sometimes it's directly <clears throat> people go for a price point every year. Someone goes, I'll raise a price every two years. I'll go in line with inflation. With how things are going, do you think more people are maybe standing back and going, nah, no matter what, I'm kind of keeping it the same or because of what's happening, are they bumping it up? What do you think? I think there's there's probably 50-50, to be honest. I think there is, you know, there is probably some people who are sitting back. um, But then there's possibly some people who are really struggling and they are being forced to make those changes. Um, And, you know, but there might be some people who've got such good margins. They're like, you know what, I'll actually, I'll just sit this one out and then then we'll get on it next year. Um, For me, I'm in a big period of transition where I'm changing location. Um, cause as you, as you said, you know, you lose time for, uh, pickups with your son and things like that. Um, I was always commuting to my old area yeah. now with kids and stuff. I now that commute is killing me. So I'm now having to now start in a new location where I now live. 
So as I do that and I'm, I'm always getting new clients and I'm sort of fixing their prices constantly. So every, pretty much every, every new person comes in is almost paying a little bit more, um, as things go up and things like that. Mm-hmm. Older clients, I'm now looking to get rid of. Uh, so I'm not too kind of worried about having to, um, up their prices because they're sort of, they're not there for much longer. Um, and it's the new ones, but you know, yesterday, for instance, as I said, I had an office day and I spent probably a good hour on the phone with my website provider, basically just going through all the the products that I buy, um, looking at the renewal dates and then getting them to tell me what the new price will be when, because they all renew at different times, what the new price will be. So therefore I will know actually for the next 12 months, what how much that is costing me um i with my container i pay per year so it's obviously quite a lot of money up front but it's the cheapest rate now in i i got my container a couple of years ago in october um so they sent through their new prices so i haven't got to worry about those new prices till october but i know that you know what they will be from then on so what i can do is i can look at how much that container is costing me from January to October, I can look at the new prices to know exactly how it's going to cost me through November and December. So what I can then do is go through all of these outgoings, which if I don't go to work, I still have to pay those costs. And then what I can then do is add them all up and I can see exactly how much being in business costs me. If I stay at home, there's still a price to it. Now I need to see how much that's increased and that it's things like that which are going to make me put my prices up or change my price to exactly what it's going to be. It's not, it's not a stab in the dark. It's not, um, me down the road does it for X per hour. So, uh, yeah, about that. Um, that's, that's pretty dangerous because you, you might, you might go, Oh, that sounds good. I'll do that. And then you realize that actually you're not even covering your own costs. So -hmm. I think it's really important this time of year to be working exactly, working out exactly what your outgoings are how much you need to make to live and then putting it all together and then coming up with your prices. Um, so it's a good time of year to reflect on that, I think. Yeah. And it's data driven changes, isn't it? That's, Mm. I think that's a really important point from what you're saying is that, you know, it's very easy to just go, I'll raise it by 2.50 this year, you know, this, this cut, or I'll, I'll just chuck an extra 50 pound on that service as a minimum, you know, and it's very easy just to chuck a figure out but you could do that blind but you could still be way off margin kind of like what you're saying in mm. terms of are you making a profit because if your container is going to go up by 20 percent, and then the price of the new equipment that's coming out is going to jump up by a percentage etc 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 you could make these in- increments and then not even cover the baseline so i do think it's really important and it's a very valid point that you bring up there is that you know, you're having these phone calls, taking action, and this ties into the last point, in winter, so that you know what the season's going to lay ahead. And I think that's, mm. it's a really, it's a thing that you can kind of get, I feel, drawn down by and think that you don't need to do it. You know, that you don't, that you are in just control of your prices and you're happy. Whereas it's a very important thing to do, reassess your business and relook at it. Because I've been doing much of the same lately and, you know, you can get 
personally, I, I can get scared by the figure that I owe out every month to, to, to run mm. a business. You know, you look at that and you go, you know, all things aside, regardless how much I bring in, that's a big number, you know, and, and you know, yeah. other people that might not be too bad or, you know, you might have all your vans paid off and not owe anything to anywhere. And, you know, you've got a big double garage at home or something. But, you know, for, I'm guessing a lot of people, the overheads, the overheads kind of add up pretty quickly. And, you know, if you don't assess these changes, it can leave you in a sticky situation, I think. Yeah, I think it's important that that's a cost that the client, one, doesn't see and two, doesn't care about. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know, when they're going, oh, mate, you're down the roads doing it a lot cheaper than that. It's like, well, that's fine. Because, as you say, he might have a double garage, so therefore doesn't need to pay out for storage and things like that. We're, we're all different. All our all our business costs are different. So therefore our, uh, our price should be different as well. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Do you kind of go for yearly increments or do you sit down, you know, recheck through everything or how does it work? Especially when, you know, you've got more than you to think about. I think it's really good actually thinking of it now when this isn't really planned, but the fact that you've got um, employees brings a whole different mm. perspective to these conversations. I think in the fact of, it isn't just your overheads. You as a person, Mike Day, you've got another Mike Day, and you've got Sam. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. You know how how does it it's, work for you? Well, it, at at the beginning, it, well, it's always been overwhelming because despite the fact of we put him out in a van, he's still technically before that been working for us. So we still need to make sure that we provide a, enough work for everybody. You know, so I mean. He gets a pension from us, so it, ev- everything is a is an expense. And I know, I know Dave, I think just mentioned there that he does his lock up by the year, which with pretty much most things, it's always cheaper to pay uh, one figure uh, rather than monthly. But I, I've, as a business point of view, always like to break the yearly cost down um, per month because I think if you look at the whole figure in a big lump sum of what 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 things are going to cost you it can be quite overwhelming whereas mm. we like to break things down per month and just have a target to 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 make sure that we're comfortably being able to to pay that off comfortable comfortably being able to pay that off for example and so on and so forth so we always like to break it down um i i'd agree know. i'd say that's definitely the better way to do it because then you know exactly what you need for it, that month. For that for that month, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's psychological. I mean, I get why you would do it for the year. I mean, it's like some insurance we've just taken out. We just pay by the year because it's substantially more cheaper than it, what it would yeah. cost yeah. paying monthly. But as a psychological point of view, um, what I don't want to be doing in January is thinking, Christ, we've got 30 40% less work. But by the end of December it's going to cost me three grand for whatever it is that yeah. you're trying to assess. Yeah. Um, whereas if you sort of break it down, you know, you've only got to make £270 a month, which seems more realistic. And it sort of just takes the stress off things a li- little bit more. Um, yeah. I think, I think also, also what I sort of, is obviously sort of in my industry, um, you know, you have those two real major, lawn maintenance seasons and that's where you make your big money 
So yeah. it's it's really important during that spring maintenance season when you feel like a millionaire is to remember that actually we're going to have some lean, we're some. definitely going to have some leaner months. Exactly. So yeah, I, yeah, I can't sure. just go and invest this straight away. I can't just go and spend this or or do whatever that I need to just sit on that because um, hopefully it will be all right. But if it isn't, yeah, then then uh, then we're sorted. So I think that's, but okay. yeah, I, I, I'm like you, everything pretty much is monthly. I've just changed my accountant. They, rather than paying a fee um, at the end of the year, now I just pay, I think it's like 70 quid a month. It's nothing. It just yeah. disappears. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, but and it is just. It's an important just... job that, that you know that, you know, although it's 70, it's an important job that you know that if the end of the year comes or the end of the financial year, when you never have to pay your accountant. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the just... deals I, one of the deals I do have with the um, the container is after you've done your first six months, which I did years ago, um, you can stop at any time. So although I pay up front, so it's, I don't know, two and a half grand, whatever it may be, I pay that up front for the year. If I was to stop next month, they would reimburse me the, the rest of the money. Um, so it's not like that money's gone. So there's no like, not that I'm planning on not being there. Um but it's not it's not completely lost but it, it's it's purely for the financial benefit because there's there's quite yeah. a big difference um but yeah i, well, I agree monthly is a much better way how big is your container there Dave? oh on that side mine's a mine's a 20 foot there are 30 feet ones but they're they're substantially more um there are other cheaper places but i feel this place is the most secure by by yeah. a long way they have living security there. They have dogs which patrol the yard at night. Um, you also have toilets, tea, coffee facilities, etc. Um, I've kind of I was saying to the manager the other day, I've been a little bit shortchanged actually because I've sort of joined during COVID. Um, but what they do also have is a like a a Wi-Fi coffee room bar, um, so that if you wanted to sit down and do some invoicing before you went home to the, the madness of life, you, yeah. uh, you could sit down and do that. Um, so it's, I think it's, it, it's, it's quite expensive. More, it? It's a bit yeah, more than but, just a storage place, I think, isn't it? When it, yeah. when you name off them things and it, it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned like that about the hecticness of life. I mean, for example, just to throw it out there, the price differences between somewhere like I am North East Scotland to where you are Southeast England is it still southeast that year that you are in? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah southeast. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, by the sounds of it, I think I've got the same size container and we're at just, just over a grand. It's about £1,025 yeah. for the year. Um, we pay monthly, £85 a month. But um, mm-hmm. with the heck, and it is, it is just a guy's property, then he's got it all CCTV'd up and high walls and et cetera, et cetera, floodlights. But it, it seems to me that when I sort of on a couple of, um, like our pages I follow, you can get a farmer's field, like a farm at yard and they've got containers. But the thing is with the battery power tools nowadays, they can cut through anything. So yeah. it's, uh, and uh, I've heard a few, there's a few, there's quite a lot of storage places around. Um, but it's always kind of like, is the, the, the guy who's supposed to be the security guy is actually, is he on the take? Um, yeah. because yeah, it's, yeah. it's surprising what, what he, if he doesn't see and stuff like that, where this one's a big, a big kind of a, it's not a big branded company or anything, but it's a, it's a big company and local family kind of company that pride themselves on 
you know, they're being the, the most securest. And uh, I've seen no evidence to uh, to say it's not. So I've thought of yeah. leaving and going somewhere else, but I couldn't be doing with the hassle of having to replace all the tools. Yeah, well, that's a perk of it, of why you're saying. And, and like you say there about even just having a room that you can sit down in, that's a fantastic idea because, you know, Oz doesn't, you know, you're running your out. Mm. And I was just saying, um, uh, Mike, yesterday it was that I sat down to do a maintenance day and I was in there a couple hours. And then, you know, it was literally only a couple hours before my son was shouting for us, my partner was after us. And, you know, <laughs> you know it's all well and good having space to do maintenance at home, but you do, you get dragged dragged out yeah. through the hectic, hecticness of life. And, you know, having something like what you've got there, a little cafe area where you can just sit down and take a few things off before you actually head home is, you know, to me would be fantastic. But I think it shows the differences, doesn't it? And, and the fact of all these things pay a price and mm. that price has to be moved on to a degree. You can't just eat the figure, you know, and eat in your margin every single time because you only head in one way. And if you don't chuck up your prices at all, let's say for five years, the way I view it is you don't do it for five years and then you all of a sudden turn around to Sandra and say, hi, Sandra, you know, now I've got to up your payment by, you know, £12, £15, whatever it might be. That could be a very big drop to then losing that client because it is mm. such a substantial, um, you know, elevation of price. So I do think changing your prices, you know, I think keep an eye on the economy. This is my personal opinion. Keep an eye on the economy, see what that's doing. But gradually, and you know, small but a little bit often is probably the better better way I've seen yeah. the price raises I've I, done. I, on my I would I would say to anyone who's thinking about putting prices up. Uh, so with my, it's I think it's much easier to put up like the lawn care prices because they're you know they're more infrequent services. Yeah. Um, whereas the weekly mowing is. Um, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I always feel that's a harder one to put up because it's it's much more noticeable. Um, however, last year I did put up all my mowing clients' prices um, across the board, and I, I sent an, a, a you know short email out just saying that this is what's happening, this is the new rate, and I had one person acknowledge the new price rise by saying, "Yeah, fine." Wow. Nobody out, no, no one else even questioned it. They just was like, great when you come in next. Um, <laughs> so if you are nervous about it, uh, you'd be surprised how many people won't even blink. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I would, I would, I would say, um, we're just looking around with what's going on and stuff. Like, I think 2023 is a, is a really, believe it or not, a good time and a must time to, if you were thinking about it, or if you're stuck in limbo and haven't like decided whether you're going to go ahead of it or not, I would definitely think about putting your prices up as of this year. I think I got so far, I think I've got about four or five emails from like branded suppliers that we've used um, on like the, the last week of December saying, Oh, as of January the 1st or January the 2nd, our prices will be increasing by X amount. Um, Obviously, it's supply and demand. Whatever things are happening overseas are obviously causing things to, mm. to fluctuate. And, you know, you, you can't be in this industry and run a business sticking to the same prices when everything else around you is going up. Yeah. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work, you know. And 
we're all here to to make money and provide for our families and and if if you're you know if you can put your prices up up have a look have a look at your take a look at your customers and just you know evaluate whether you think they'll be able to afford it i mean my personal opinion of 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 the industry that we're in is you know if i think having a gardener or a lawn care guy in whatever that you're doing in this i think is a privilege so i think if 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 your client is paying you what your prices are now then they shouldn't have a problem paying the prices obviously in in retrospect if you're only going to put it put it up by a certain amount if you double it then they probably will have a problem with it but, <laughs> yeah you know if if i think what we're doing is is a privilege for for a, a client to be having you in any way i can't see there being a problem with just putting your prices up you know mm. 10 15 20 percent whatever whatever it is that you're that you're thinking about doing i, th- I think this year is if you're thinking about it or you have been thinking about it, obviously you, you wouldn't want to do it during the years of COVID or whatever. You don't want to stress out anyone more than what, you know, what's 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 being stressed out at the moment. But I think 2023 is a really good, fresh year to be putting your prices up. Yeah, well, um, I, yeah, I, 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 I sorry, always, go on, Sam. Sorry, um, I've always heard that the best time to start a business is in a recession. And one of the ways, the reasons because of it or being in business during a recession is that although it is hard and, you know, you're going to hit a lot of obstacles that make you have to, you know, think and react in such a way that, you know, elevates your company, you're going to get a lot of people that can't do that, that can't react react efficiently and appropriately to what's going on around them, and they'll fall off. And naturally, as these companies fall off, and that, for example, I'm on a land, hard landscaping page, and I think I've seen three in the last week of lads going done this for 23 years, done it for 45 years, thrown in the towel this year because of what's to come. You know, these guys that are just starting that are going, this is my this is my last chance, this is what I'm passionate about, it's time that I make the jump. They're all of a sudden, you know, one of the only contractors that people can get in touch with for that service, you know. And um, so although I, I would say it might be a bit scary and you don't really know what's going to happen, I, I just don't think people should give up on or be afraid of making changes in the industry, you know, during this time, much like what you're saying there, Mike, it, it could be a very good time for people if you're able to react and you've got, yeah, you've got that about you to be able to do that. What I think any, any successful business of any great level, you know, they're not, they're not an idiot, you know, they are switched on yeah. to a degree where they can, they can react accordingly. And I think you've got to have that about you to make it through, you know, a lifetime of business possibly. Mm. I think, I think if you're confident in yourself and you're confident in the work that you do, your client and you put your prices up, your client's left with two options. One is to go with it or the other one is to not go with it. But then that means finding somebody else. Is that person any good? Are they going to be reliable? All Mm. these different things. And actually you can take all that pain away from just paying that extra, whatever percent it is they'll just pay the percent at the end of the day because they you know they've got someone they know they like and they trust yeah. and um who do, who does good work so why would you give that all up change? yeah for for just in some cases a couple of quid or whatever it may be and that's where i think it's it's I mean, a pro when it's smaller. Past... Sorry, Sorry, go ahead i, I was going to say i know 
people that drive past certain petrol stations and think, oh, that's £1.60. I'll drive on to the next one and, and pay £1.50. But, you, you know, if, if 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 you just stop there, take the hit, pay that price, you know you're going to get the same, yeah. you know, service that you've always got. Just go with it and get on with life. You know? And I think if, if, if you... If you were to raise your, I don't know, just for example, if you're if you're an hourly rate charger and you charge twenty pounds an hour, um, and you you know you tell your customer you're putting your price up by ten percent, what's that two quid? I mean, if mm. if that customer isn't worth, that's just an example, by the way. I'm just you know, if that yeah, customer yeah, yeah. isn't willing to pay an extra ten percent, I've always when we switched from hourly rates to uh, pricing by the job, we thought to ourselves we had an abundance of work so we could afford to lose a couple of jobs if if it ever came to that but we always was under the impression that if a customer doesn't or isn't willing to pay that extra you know five pound a visit then they're no value to us it sounds yeah. really bad but you know it's it's a two-way relationship in this industry so you know if if, if you're confident in yourself if you're confident that you've got a you've built up a good workload and you've got a good you know customer relationship then i think i think this year could be a a real chance for you to you know hit the now and 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 up your prices yeah um so on that i just want to read something out just because you've more or less you've brung it in perfectly um just before we move on there was a guy that reached out and this isn't me just showboating the podcast but it was just showing i think it shows what it can do so i'm just going to read this out um when I find it. So he said, wanted to thank you in person at Soltex. Probably the biggest change was to address the business side rather than treating all customers as friends, which is very easy to do when you've been with them for 20 years plus and feeling guilty about raising prices. I already had a Google page, but pushed that more, pushed out more work and came and it came in flowing. The first 10 podcasts of the J-Rock podcast that I'd done Increased all prices and had a few grumble, but was still busier than ever. Quite hard to change mindset after 20 plus years of feeling guilty about price increases. But what actually set that off, if I can see it, um, he said, implementing big business changes, I've more than doubled my previous year's turnover whilst reducing costs. So that the reason why I wanted to say that is because you can go so long with, and this isn't in the economy that's going on next year, this is just in general for any business, if you found yourself sticking to prices for far too long and you, I completely, I'm not going to name this guy's name because I haven't asked him full permission to read that out. Um, but, you know, when someone, you've worked that close with a client for so long, you do start to feel pally. And I, I think I remember, actually I won't mention who, I remember speaking to one years when we were down at Soltex and, and you were saying, you know, there's some customers that you would, you know, like run around the side so you didn't have to speak to them. Others, you didn't mind having a little chat because you know it would be a little chat. And, you know, if you can separate that, they are not fully your friends and that you're still running an effective business that you need to make a living off, then by implementing changes like price changes and looking to help and, uh, sorry, looking ahead and adapting as you should do, it can make a huge difference for you. And I think what it will do is also open many more doors as well, if given the opportunity to. We're just going to go to a quick ad break and we'll be back with you in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Total Loan. Total Loan provides scientifically engineered loan care products to homeowners, hobbyists, and loan care professionals. 
Their range of fertilizers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green, and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely if ever used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code JROCKLAWNCARE at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Welcome back everyone after that short little ad break there. So as we were saying about the prices, you know, there is a lot you can hopefully take away from what we spoke about there. Although there's many factors to consider, a lot of it is down to your individual business, but I hope that some of the things that we've spoke about, you're going to be able to take away and hopefully use in some way, shape or form. Now, as promised, the third subject and the last subject that we're going to speak about here is what should you be doing at the moment if you're getting started in spring? So this could be anyone for, you know, the very first time I startups, you could have been doing this full time elsewhere, full time elsewhere, and now taking this full time in your own business or jumped across, however that may work. But hopefully through this sort of subject here, we can give some tips away on, you know, some things to consider when you're jumping into spring. So what do you guys think? What do you think some of the main thing is things are when you're first getting started, if we start with that, you know, from scratch, first season, spring's around the corner. What should people be considering at this time going forward? I think what it is is to, to have a, a good idea of what it is you're actually, what services you're going to offer, um, and then really sort of dial in that. Because within each service becomes different equipment and things like that. So, for instance, if you if you want to do lawn care, just lawn care on its own, you know your two main bits of kit are going to be a fertilizer spreader and a knapsack sprayer. Um, that's kind of your basic setup. Now, obviously, with that becomes a whole world of sort of like calibration. So you then need to work out, okay, what fertilizers am I going to use throughout the year? You know, a, a basic, you're going to have four fertilizers, um, you know, spring, summer, autumn, winter. So depending on the prill size, um, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to need to know exactly how to, to calibrate it and what settings. And what you don't want to be doing is getting to the client's lawn with a bag of fertilizer, not entirely sure whether you've got enough fertilizer to get the job done because you don't know quite how much is going to come out the chute. So now is a time to really sort of dial that in, work out exactly what it is you're going to get, work out what products you're going to use and how much of that product do you actually need per lawn, per square meter. Um, so then when you do get to a house, you can go measure the lawn and then you know exactly right for this bat, that for this lawn, I need one and a half bags. And um, it's just it's the it's the stuff you don't see. It's the stuff that the clients don't see. You want to get that dialed in. And you want to get that done um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think preparations, you know, a massive key. You know, and you can take this point and put it across the whole board. Preparation with the kit and equipment that you're going to be using, with how the business model is. Preparation with how you're going to treat your customers and how you're going to come across as the professional. You know, it, it comes. Prior preparation comes across all of it. 
we have a, a thing that we say of the six P's, which is prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. And, you know, them six P's is completely, it's a way to take things forward that before you hit that first, you know, season, that first day's work even, is that you do prepare in whatever way that you're, you know, however your business is going to be set up. I think it's really important. Mike, do you think, you know, being being ready for, you know, going into the season, do you think there's any one thing that's more important than the next? Or do you think there's a few equal ones that, you know, you should be really considering? I think scheduling is quite important, making sure that, you know, you've got, you know where you're going to be at specific times, how much work that you want to put on each day. Um, I know everyone's got different sort of things that they do in their lives. Um, whether you want to work, a, if you want to do what, I think is it Sweden or Scotland are doing now, doing a four-day week, which is unbelievable. Um, but whether you want to, you know, start at specific times, end at specific times and have your schedule outlined. Um, and also equipment, you know, I'm, I'm like with equipment, I think equipment's massive. I think it's really, really important to obviously what Dave was saying, focus on and, and, and delegate what genre that you want to head into. Um, but you know, there's, there's plenty of different equipment readily available to you in each different sector of, of, of the type of industry that we're in. So I think having a, a real good scan, um, to see what equipment that you want to invest in. Yeah, for yeah, the next think... coming year. Even if you're experienced, you know, and you, and you're looking to to, I mean, we've we've obviously had loads of scar. Personally speaking, we've had loads of scarifiers in the past. Now, I think I I've had a conversation with both of you about this, probably more so you, Dave. But we invested in. I didn't really do a hell of a lot of research, um, but we invested in a scarifier. Um, and looking back at now, it's probably the wrong. We probably made the wrong decision of of the brand we went for, and it's it's cost us more money than than what it should have so you know just certain things like that just spend a bit more time and you know if, you know you know you where you in... went wrong there don't you, you how, know, how? Well, Tell me. because you because you came to me and i gave you two options <laughs> and you ignored both of them um, <laughs> and um actually one of them was the cheaper option wasn't it one was the iron hell which i said was ideal for gardeners because it was cheap and uh yeah you could uh you could almost you did enough scarifying, you could just bin it at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we we had a, a bit of a, a bit of a chat and a joke about that, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 difficult to know what you know. Everyone's got. It's like when you go and buy a car, you, 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 your friends could tell you, oh, "Go and buy this, go and buy that." But you've you've got your own tastes, and mm. sometimes you know whether it be the right or wrong choice, just do a little bit more research into equipment that you're even if you're you know even if you you've got a full-on business that's running steadily um and you don't have much to worry about or even if you are brand new to the industry i think equipment is is massive and for us we've we've always made sure that we've got nice vans and vehicles to get around in because i think if you strip back all of your business if you haven't got a, a, a decent or reliable vehicle to get you around, then that's, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost un, undoable. And I see a lot, a lot of, of pictures on social media of 
more so than ever actually in the past couple of weeks where vans have just like broken down yeah you know mm. it's downtime it's it's it's, it's it's part of your equipment isn't it it's expensive downtime as well it's expensive yeah. downtime yeah. and it's obviously horrendous. it's downtime and if things need fixing or you know it, all these parts and at the moment with lack of chips or a lack of whatever it is that you're trying to replace it could be even longer downtime than you than you anticipated so mm. yeah I'm, th- I'm a big pioneer for equipment i think people I um i think it's quite easy for like two points on this i think people quite often think and i know this is how i i usually think going into anything is if especially vehicles if i can buy something and and fully paid off one day so not going for a PCP or something, either buying it outright or going finance, then I will not have that overhead, you know, by year four or year five, whatever else. So you th- you self-justify, look, by going something older, you know, I'm going to actually own it one day. It'll be fantastic. Now, when I started this, my father said it was, look, you went, go PCP, says get something on finance. It'll be reliable. You'll have maintenance. You won't have a worry. It'll get replaced. No, 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 I want to own it. Six months later, after owning this thing, it cost me over three and a half grand. The van was only ten and a half to buy first hand anyway, as in, sorry, to buy second hand. So it cost me three and a half grand on top of that. After six months, I I lost money on the vehicle instantly, you know, massively in the negative. And I lost a little floating pot that I had to one side for, you know, investments and stuff like that. So after then rebuying something new through PCP, you're then left with this thing with you've got the reliability there in the downtime doesn't take you out for a week and stop you getting away from jobs. So that's the one thing what I, you know, with that, Mike is, you know, I've done that the total opposite from what you did. And, you know, some people I think are lucky and you see them going around in 20 year old vans and it's got, you know, 150,000 miles on it or something. And, you know, it's, it's give them no bother, but I don't think vehicles being vehicles, you know, very often get make it that way through without putting some money into it. Not telling everyone to go buy brand new, but just weigh up the options of doing so. Yeah, I think, yeah, have a look at your your outgoings to make sure that you can even, you know, care to afford to get a PCP. Mm. Um if you can you know, if 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 you can afford to buy a vehicle outright, then you know, you must have saved up some capital in order to be able to to do so anyway. Mm. But you know, people call me crazy for paying in excess of five hundred pound a month for my van. It's leased, but in doing so, it's enabled me to take on a three hundred pound weekly job. That you know, I've got more space in the van, mm. so I can I can I can take on different services. We've got a maintenance pack on it, which if anything goes, if, you know, if we get a flat tire, we just call someone up and yeah, within. So- 12 hours it's 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 replaced and if we own the vehicle all right it's an asset i mean one of our vehicles is owned it's an asset but if anything goes wrong with it you know it's more stress and mm. stress that you don't really need to and i'm not saying that owning a vehicle is wrong we've owned vehicles in the past but for the for for the way that we run things it's just more stress-free uh just to maybe pay that little bit extra money and just I guess it's also a little bit easier for you guys as you've got three vans, is it, on the business? Yeah, so So we've got, yeah, three vans. If if one does go down for whatever reason, 
yeah. two of you can go around and do a job or exactly. you can you can drop so and so off with a mower at mm-hmm. one lawn and go off and then come back and and with equipment and stuff because that was one of the things I so I used to do um is so when my van was being scheduled for an MOT get the MOT service done on the same day what I would then do is find a client who was near the where I was getting it serviced and then I would then drive to the client's house, drop off all my machinery equipment for the day. I'd always make sure that it was like a, a ma- like an autumn maintenance job. So I knew I was going to be there all day pretty much um, mm-hmm. and drop everything off, then drive to the garage, um, drop the van off. And then now I always was a bit embarrassed about this, but you've got to do what you've got to do. And oh, then sure. as, as, as you know, sort of with triathlon and stuff, I'd then have a bike in there, jump on the bike, cycle a couple miles down the road. Some people might think that's crazy for me. It's, 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 no, it's no bother. Um, do the job, be there all day, cycle back to the garage, pick the van up, and um, and then go back and pick all the equipment up. I'd always pick a, a house where I knew that the stuff would be safe, um, out the back or in a garage or a shed or something like that. And it was just one way of not losing that downtime on that day. Um, but more often than not, I sort of ended up using that day to do just going, okay, that's an office day. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. but yeah. there was always ways around it. One of the other things I, I did um, as a sort of a backup or an insurance policy is if the van ever broke down, um, you know, you can get tow bars where you can take the tow bar out when it's not in use um, is get the tow bar on the family car. So worst case scenario, I could just chuck a trailer on the back of the car and then chuck some mowers in. It doesn't look professional. It doesn't look pretty, but it <laughs> it it gets the job done, gets and it gets done, you yeah. somewhere with some mowers. And um, at the end of the day, you're obviously going to lose some money through the van needing to be fixed or serviced or or whatever it may be. So uh, you'd be better off out there mowing, whether it's with a car and trailer, um, than just sitting at home twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, it's almost knowing your plan B, isn't it? What's a fantastic yeah. point is, you know, no matter how you start, you know, your way into this industry, the sad, the sad news of it is it is all going to hit the fan at one point or another, and you're just going to have a bad day, bad week, bad month, whatever it is, you know, whether it's personal life or whether it's just in business or just, you know, equipment breaking down, whatever else. Mm. So when I think especially if you're thinking about starting up this year and you're sitting there going, right, what, you know, what can I do to be ready is even just sitting down, right, you know, if this fails, what like as in not the business, but if the van fails on me, or if I've got hedge trimming to do before spring, if that goes down, the one hedge trimmer I have, do I have the money to one side? Am I able to get my hands on another one? You know, just making these plan Bs and making sure that you've got a bit of a a bit of leeway, a bit of a margin there that you can you can jump into and not be put on the back foot so early on. I think is a yeah. is a good way to maybe push it forward there. And I mean, that's one of the things that when you first start up, it is difficult because you just buy, you know, one mower, one strimmer, one blower, but eventually you sort of add to that. And what I try to do is, so for me, um, I I like to try and get two of everything so that if the mower does break down, I just grab the other one and then just go. Um, And then there's no, particularly if you're striping the lawn, because you really want two mowers, which are the same width, so you can go straight on and stick to the the stripes that you've been putting in all year and stuff like that. So it, it doesn't happen straight away, but 
it's it's something that it's if you can get there sooner rather than later and then the uh, the key also is to when you do have a breakdown is not to just get the other mower out and carry on mowing is to actually diagnose what's the issue with that mower or get it into the shop to get it fixed as soon as you can because you don't know when the next one's going to break down yeah yeah no that, that that's a great point with it um I just don't think you can be, you can't be fully, and I want people to realize this. I don't think you can be fully all over every aspect. Like we are only human. Things are going to, you know, blindside you at points. And that's just, you know, it's life in general, but it's also just business. You know, you're going to be blindsided by stuff. What would you guys Mm. say that, you know, if you could pick one thing that would, that you know is a very important factor that maybe someone that that's you know a bit wet behind the ears, a bit new to it, doesn't know yet. You know, zero experience. What do you think is an important factor? Personally, I would say something like looking at your books and looking at your margins straight away. You know, like keeping a track of how the business is going early days. I think it was yourself, Dave, that mentioned in the beginning when I I think it was the first podcast. I asked you about uh, sizing up loans and pricing loans, and you used to. Was it once a year you used to sit down and go, right, it, it takes, you know, five minutes to do this end, three minutes over there, you know, you know, and you used to yes. look all your times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what I'll do is through the seasons, so, you know, your spring season, your summer season and your autumn season is is basically just on a piece of paper, write down what I call key time. And that is the time I got there and the time I leave. So the time I basically touch the key, if you like. Yeah. Um, but then also take a note of how long the the actual lawn took to cut, because obviously if you cut in the summer, presumably it's going to be a lot quicker than it would be in the in the spring and in the autumn. Then what you can do is just make sure and then also look at what you're charging for that lawn and then work out kind of how long it took you and then sort of divide that that cost over the time you were there and see if you're still on schedule for actually making that profitable. Um, now, what you might find is it's a bit more profitable in the summer because you're not there quite as long. Um, so there is, it's never going to be the same, but it's got to be in a ball ballpark of, of, of where you want it. Now, one of the things I'm finding now is I'm now um, 41, believe it or not. And I'm looking at some lawns, and I wouldn't say they are taking me much longer, but I can really feel it now. <laughs> and it's not going to be long before it does take me longer to do them. So that's something that I'm going to have to be aware of in just adjusting my prices to take into consideration the fact that I'm not 21 anymore. Um, so although, you know, the mower goes at the mower's speed, it's everything else, isn't it? It's it's picking the sacks up, dragging them around. And I would say I'm pretty fit compared to to most through, uh, you know, sporting exercises and stuff like that. But comparing myself to my first couple of years of the lawn guy to now, I think there's a big difference. And I need to make sure that pro- the profitability is adjusted to that. Um, that 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 change which happens to be me (laughs) yeah interesting what about you mike what what do you think is the main factor or main thing to sort of focus on that 
someone may not know that's just starting out. I think the the backbone of your business is I think you should maybe focus on maybe getting yourself a website if you haven't already got one. Get yourself on Google My Business. We've got tons of work from from you know just spending a couple of hours. And I know Dave said he could get someone to do it for him. It's it's if you can do it yourself, it's just it it can turn into something that's a chore to be quite enjoyable. Like we haven't been on social media for that long, and since we have been on social media like Instagram or had our own website, it, it's made work more enjoyable. And I assure you, if 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 you enjoy the work more, you'll make more money. You're willing to put the extra hours in. Um, you know, you're willing to to try different things. Um, and just make sure that you really enjoy what you're doing. Um, I think sometimes when you can fully manage your business from just the phone, for example, you know, updating pictures, throwing a few pictures up on onto Google, um, will get you more work, and it will make what you're doing more enjoyable. For example, when we're when we're at a job, we used to just do, for instance, like a hedge. Um, I mean, used to make sure that it was nice and clean and fresh. But then, if I if I know that I'm then uploading that onto a social media site, which is in turn going to become a portfolio for me to to show clients, then chances are you're going to be putting a little bit of extra effort into it. You're going to finesse it a bit more, and you know you're going to in turn improve your own skills, and you will just start to enjoy it a bit more. So I think enjoying enjoying what you're doing and trying to do other things to help you enjoy what you're doing a bit more. Um, get involved with, with social media and, you know, I think it will all follow with it. I know a lot of people that are, are new to social media and, you know, they're scared about making an Instagram account or scared about networking. And, you know, there was some guys at Soltex who I got a message and you, you probably both got the same messages from people who sort of said, Oh, I saw you at Soltex, but I was too, I was too shy to, to come and, to come and have a chat. You know, just get, get involved, communicate with other people, ask questions if, if you're not too sure. Um, and just get yourself out there and, you know, you, you might not be using social media as a way to get work because to be honest with you, we, we, we don't get a lot of work from the social it's more of a, a Google business and a website-based thing where we get most of our work from. Yeah, I, I've never had anything nice to, from to Instagram before. On the work that you've done. Yeah. No, I've never got any, any work from Instagram, um, but any new potential work that we get from Google My Business or, you know, if a message pops up, oh, I need a quote for this, um, you know, what, what do you think you could do for this? you can then always check it out and about two three years ago it it never used to stick but what i'm finding recently is as what goes on more people are obviously getting sucked into social media and not a compulsory thing but it's just the way that, that life is going and you know we've had a few replies oh brilliant you have instagram question mark what is it you know and mm. just having that sort of it, 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 it's it's easy to put pictures up on a website, but when you've got Instagram and you've got videos and you're, you're talking and people can see what kind of person you are, as well as what kind of work that you are giving people, it, it, it really helps to, and going back to customers, it's always nice to have a, a really friendly relationship with customers. And, you know, if, if a customer can easily talk to you, they're more likely to hire you, obviously making sure that you do a good job. 
they're they're probably more likely to hire you. So going back to the question, I think just make sure you try and do everything in your power to enjoy work as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, I I think also when you're, you know, when you're starting out in in, in lawn care is to try and try it first before you go, that's it, I'm doing lawn care, I'm getting involved, I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy a mower, and then all of a sudden it's wet, it's cold, you've just strimmed through a dog shit and you've got dog dog shit in your mouth, um, (laughs) and then you go, this is not what I signed up for. Um, If you can give it a test and a try first, and see if it is you do like it before you jump in massively. But the caveat to that is when you do decide this is for me, what I would suggest is when you make decisions, try and think about that decision, you know, where where will I be in five years' time? Because the decisions I make today, I want to make them for that guy in five years' time. So, for instance, when I first started, I was like, oh, I don't know what mower to get. Should I get a a 16 inch mower should I get a you know a, a bigger one a middle one or I don't know what lawns I'm going to do um fortunately I went for a, a 48 uh, centimeter mower and I had that for maybe one season and halfway through that season I realized that actually for the lawns that I've got it was too small um so I went for the 56 but I could have had a 16 to begin with um but you know it's taking a look at the lawns that you've got in your area um and then and then trying to make those decisions um for instance with the lawn guy uh the um the logo when uh when i first looked at it and he get the guy designed it he had the um he had the website on it i go i asked for one which was just the lawn guy logo and one with like the details on and things and he had the website on it but he didn't have the phone number and I said to him, Oh, you've not, you've not got the phone number on it. And he's like, well, no, that would be extra. That would be sort of just below it or you'd have it in a different position on the van. And I said, Oh, I don't like that. I said, you know, the, the, what about the old people out there who don't want, who don't want to use websites? They want to just phone someone. And he was like, Oh, I don't think the world really works like that anymore. And I was like, Oh no, I think it's alien. (laughs) Um, well, they're all probably dead by now, to be honest. Um, and, and actually, he was completely right. And I'm now at that point where I actually changed it. And I, I uh, fortunately, my uh, my brother married a graphic designer, so I didn't have to pay um, to, to get it done. But I actually had it put back to how he had originally made it because it's, it's things like that. I had um, I was working at a, a job in the spring. There's a guy at the front door of this client's house. I didn't think anything of it. Um, but actually he was knocking on the door to ask if he could speak to me. And the first thing he said was, um, can I give you some advice? And I thought, no, (laughs) but but, but I can see you're going to anyway. And he said, there's no phone number on your van. Why is that? And I said, well, what are you going to do? Chase me down the road with a pen and paper trying to write the number down. I said, the world doesn't work like that. You're going to see lawn guy, although the website is on there. You're going to see the lawn guy. You're going to see the logo. You're going to go to Google and you will either say the words lawn guy or you will type in lawn guy. You'll see the, the Google page will pop up straight away and there's a button to press call. You yeah. don't need to write people's phone numbers down. So it's, 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 it's little things like that where I thought I kind of knew best and an expert <laughs> told me otherwise. And yeah. But sure enough, five years later, I was changing it to how he suggested I should have done it in the first place. 
So, um, and that, but that's with everything with equipment, you know, what don't, don't buy uh, a cheap knapsack sprayer. If, if you're committed, buy a decent one. So, you know, I bought a cheap, um, whatever brand and I went through loads of them, different types. In the end, I was just like, right, get a Cooper Pegler one. And I've had that forever. And yeah. it's, you know, you can buy little parts for it as and when you need them and stuff like that. So if you, if, if you invest wisely, um, it's, it will, it will last you a lot, lot longer. So, um, mm. yeah, I guess that's one of the things is try and aim, make your decisions, long-term decisions, as opposed to the here and the now. Yeah. And, and you know, that from experience, there's nothing worse when the, when the pump breaks on an upsack and you're in the middle of a garden and you're trying to like, mm. you know, cool it out and just pretend that you completely know what you're doing. You know, with equipment like that, when you buy a knapsack for, because I think you can get them from about 15 to 20 pound, you know, cheap ones. Yeah. And yeah. they they do the, the 15 to 20 pound for a reason, you know. So that, that yeah. that's a great point with investing uh, accordingly and also for the future. Um, but one thing that I also like how we're speaking about marketing on the van, I'm getting mine sign written at the minute and I actually haven't went for this idea. But I've seen a lot of people start putting QR codes on, you know, so that yeah. when they're walking past, you know, camera quickly out and you're straight there or almost to um, like a phone directory of, uh, you know, the website, contact number, um, Instagram page, Facebook page, and it's all on one QR code. So that that is another cool idea that I kind of like. And I think people may use that just purely because it's not currently everywhere. But um, yeah, but yeah, I, I hope some of these tips that we've, we spoke about, and this is a topic that we could we could stretch absolutely, like, you know, we could talk about for ages because we've all got our own experiences with it and there's so many points you could give. So I think on this third point here, being very important and I'm, I'm a heavy rooter for those just starting out and those that don't have a mentor to turn to for advice. So I'll possibly do another panel conversation purely on this subject here. But the last little thing I want to ask, because we're very short on time now, currently about nine minutes left, just for you two, um, <laughs> is just one thing from both years. If we start with Mike first, is a lesson learned in 2022. A lesson learned in 2022. Oh, I don't think I've learned anything specifically. Maybe, uh, I think just, just, just learn from things as you're going along. You're going to mm. learn so many lessons throughout the year. So that I don't think there's anything that stood out specifically um i think just if you if you decide to make a change in your business or your structure or your tools or etc and you know it might not come off the way that you wanted it to just learn from each specific experience and make sure that you've got a plan b and a plan c mm. if it ever was to happen again um i don't think i've learned anything specifically yeah um but just from I think each, if you've got each just from each yeah just from each situation that you put yourself into um you know you can learn from it i mean you know i think i listened to one of your podcasts ages ago when you you got advice from um from lewis about pressure washing yeah when you couldn't you know sweep a water in a certain direction or flow you know it you, you've you've gone through that you've plowed through it you, you managed to get the job done um but just remember for next time Although that might not have been your biggest lesson of 2022, yeah, just take it, take it in in your in your hand, and and just remember not to make that same mistake again. 
you know, and all all of the little things that you learn and change and improve upon will, you know, it's the little things that, that, that matter yeah. in, in my opinion anyway. It so can make you a whole different not, new person. Couldn't it can make a, yeah, it can make a whole, a whole different person. It can make your business flow a lot more steadily. And, you know, if, if you do happen to make a mistake, cause we all do, mm. you know, we all buy the wrong stuff or we all, we've all made real human and we're always going to make mistakes. So if, if you do, make a, a slight mistake or you, you change something in the business and it, and it doesn't come off the way you wanted it to just remember it. You know, yeah. I've got a note section on my phone where do's and don'ts, things mm-hmm. that do work well, things that don't work well. And, you know, if you're ever considering going down that same route again, you can just have a look back and think, hold on a minute, have I jotted something down here that might just help? I think, I think that's it, isn't that. it? If, if you make a mistake and you learn from it, it's a lesson. It's not a mistake. Exactly. It's not mm-hmm. a mistake, yeah. And I mean, a mistake, lessons are, are sometimes you've got to make a mistake in order for you to learn the lesson, you know, yeah. and you're never going to, you're never going to learn it without making mistakes. So sometimes as bad, as silly as it sounds, small mistakes are important. Yeah, absolutely. Let's try an error. What about you, Dave? Is there anything that sort of sticks out to mind? Um, I think there's, you know, there's, there's sort of two things. One is, although I do lawn care, I need to be flexible. And I need to be diverse sometimes. So I do a little bit of hedging. Mm -hmm. Well, this summer, if I hadn't have took on hedging more so, I'm not sure what I would have done. Um, So I really sort of threw myself in. I did loads, way more hedging than I'd ever wanted to do or (laughs) or would probably want to do again. But I had the flexibility. I had the machinery to, to go for it. And that was making up for the fact that there wasn't any grass to mow. There wasn't any grass to feed um, because we can all ask our clients to, uh, to to water their lawns for us. But when you yeah, get yeah. messages back saying, well, it's either the <laughs> lawn or the swimming pool, uh, which one would you choose? And you just go, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, um, yeah. So so being able to, you know, change at the last minute and uh, move on to something else. Yeah. And, and knowing that the grass will always return um, is a good thing. And I think also one of the big things is, it's it's reassuring to know that there is there is plenty of work out there um whenever for whatever reason a client leaves because they move out of the area i'm always surprised for whatever reason give it a week and then someone somebody else phones up similar size mm. property i've just moved into the area um as 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 you know i'm going through a massive transitional period um so i'm now at the end of the year basically getting rid of I'm trying to relocate, so I don't want to just drop all my clients and start again. I can't afford to do that with a mortgage, kids, everything else. So what I'm doing is I'm slowly getting rid of some at a time to allow natural growth in my new area. And then at the end of the year, I get rid of a few more. Last year, I got rid of um, on on my invoicing software for the last seven years, he'd been in my top four most profitable clients and um i i had to let him go because he was by far my furthest one away Mm. Um, he was full lawn care weekly mowing he was the dream client but it was just that extra distance that was just almost making it impossible um i so i got rid of him and that just left a big gap um and i i hope to fill it um and inevitably one of my fortnightly clients literally a couple of weeks later said do you know what you're doing such a good w- job with the lawn I- i'd like to go weekly Fantastic. and it filled the gap straight away but not only that it was um 
it was a much more profit. It ended up being a much more profitable lawn and it was a lot closer to home. So there was, so that's not only is it more profitable, it's less petrol or diesel to get there. Um, the less time in getting there meant I could get to another one. Um, and it was a win-win. And then in a, another client, I've got a road of a lot of clients. I had a, somebody else who wanted fortnightly lawn care or sorry, fortnightly mowing in that road and they replaced him. And these are all people that just came in sort of naturally. Um, so you've got to have that confidence that there was plenty of work out there. And, and if someone leaves you, it's not, or you leave someone, there will be someone to replace them. Absolutely. No, no, two, two great lessons, I think, or like you say, where things that can then change for the, for the years after, these are all things that you can take on board. Mine would simply be, you know, not being too afraid of taking the leap. I was very hesitant about investing in zero turn machinery, right on machinery. And after doing so, it's elevated the business into a different direction and I'm able to do more because of it. So if you've got an idea and, you know, you're always going to be thinking twice and is it the right decision or is it not? But don't be afraid to take that step. You know, at some point you've got to trust in yourself, trust in your business, and you've got to take that step and make that move. So, And that would be mine, really. But um, we're just going to have to end it there simply because of time. I hope you've all enjoyed tuning in to this week's episode. First one kicking off 2023. And, you know, what a great bunch of lads to have on the first podcast and be able to discuss this with. You know, so to both Mike Day and Dave Warner, thank you very much for joining us this this week. And, uh, you know, for being the first ones on, it's my absolute pleasure to host you. So thank you very much for bearing with us. And, uh, you know, I, I really hope that you come on again throughout the season and we're able to talk on more topics. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Excellent. It's been a pleasure, Sam, mate. Appreciate it. And uh, look forward to the next one. Happy days. Right. So thank you very much again, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. So starting off this season, please remember that if you're not already following the podcast, whether you listen on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, wherever it might be, you can follow the podcast, you can subscribe to it, and you can rate it, and you can share it. It helps massively. We're trying to invest a little bit more. We might bring in some video content at some point as well, but definitely more of these paneled conversations, at least monthly, to kind of mix these episodes up and hopefully bring more to the table for you, the listener. So thank you very much for joining us again this week, and we'll see you again next week. Take care.